0: Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You've discovered your link to GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast. Now, here's your host, GoPowerCat.com publisher, Tim Fitzgerald.
1: Mike Tuyasasopo has been coaching football nearly 30 years. It's... Been a really incredible career for a guy that played at Pacific Lutheran, far from major college football. And he ends up in Manhattan, Kansas, coaching for Chris Kleiman at Kansas State. It's a really interesting story how he ended up here. It was sort of by chance, but also because when he was at Arizona on Mike Stoops' staff, he was surrounded by K-Staters. And then he was at UTEP for one season, 2018, with Dana Demel who he was with in Tucson, and a job came open in Manhattan. And he didn't get it because of Dana Demel. He didn't get it any other reason than Mike Tuiasasopo went and met with Chris Kleiman and Courtney Messingham at a coaching conference, and they hit it off. Kleiman needed a defensive tackles coach. And he didn't really have one on his radar. So he went outside of his orbit, which he didn't do much with that first coaching staff, he either had K-Staters or someone in his orbit. He knew everyone. For the most part, he had had some encounter with them. He hadn't encountered Coach Sopo until that day in San Antonio. But he ended up at Kansas State. And this is a guy who has coached at some really impressive programs. He caught Utah on his career path upward and Utah's path upward. Then he ended up at Arizona, as I mentioned. Then he ended up at Colorado, UCLA, USC. And after a long kind of bouncing around stint at USC, he comes to UTEP, and now he's at Kansas State, the farthest east he's been in his coaching career. And what he's done this year with Kansas State's defensive tackles is really impressive. It's really, really impressive because this was an empty cupboard in many people's minds, but Drew Wiley now – is having an outstanding season after emerging as the top defensive tackle. And Chris Kleiman said after Saturday's loss of West Virginia, in which Wiley was clearly one of the better players for the Cats, that he's having an all-Big 12 season. A big reason for that is the coaching of Mike Tuyatsisopo. Welcome to the Powercat Sources podcast, the podcast in which we talk to the people that we consider our sources at gopowercat.com. And this year, we are taking a tour of the entire coaching staff at Kansas State. And this week, as you guessed, it's Mike Tuiasasopo. And uh, I grew up watching a lot of football, as most of you did, and Marcus Tuiasasopo, his nephew, the quarterback at Washington, was one of my favorite players. I loved his game. He went on to play in the NFL. And little did I know that learning the pronunciation of his name way back when would help me out later in my career. But here we are. I really enjoy Mike Sopo. He's one of those guys that just puts off this really kind nature. You know, he's a big guy. I mean, he was a defensive tackle, for heaven's sakes. He coaches defensive tackles. But he just puts off this calming kindness. And that's really his nature. And that's really, as you will learn, how he tries to coach. Almost fatherly. Almost fatherly. Really cool dude. I hope you enjoy this discussion with Mike Tuyasa Sopo. And now we welcome in Mike Tuyasa Sopo. I you know what I knew I was gonna screw up your name. You said hope, be good. I hope I got it close.
2: Yeah, it was Perfect. Oh <laughs> yeah. Uh
1: I took Hello. a vacation to Hawaii uh last year, so maybe that's what got me over the hump there. There you go. The bus driver trying to teach us uh how to pronunciate things in Hawaiian. I'm like, I don't I don't get it. You you Your Polynesians have a lot of letters in your name, and it gets very confusing.
2: Yeah, I know it. You know, they had a couple of those quarterbacks this last weekend that played good.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, Well, first of all, sum up the season for you and your defensive tackles.
2: Well, uh, you know, it's uh, number one, uh, you know, I'm really uh, blessed to be coaching some really great kids. And uh, to sum it up, you know, as you know, everything is unusual, uncommon. You know, camp was unusual. The start of the season was unusual. But, you know, uh, the guys have worked really hard. And really the torchbearer in all of it is is kind of Drew Wiley. He's the guy that's kind of the captain of our room, if you will. And uh, he sets the tone. And if you're a younger player in our room, in our defense, all you, you don't need to look much further than looking at, than, than, than just to look at how Drew Wiley works. A lot of fun to watch him work and, uh, you know, taking on a whole new role along with Eli Huggins. I think Janet Pickle has really made some great progress. And then Robert Hens is coming out to his own, you know. He struggled earlier in the year with this hand he couldn't quite play with his hand the way it was, uh, you know, and and, and so we've kind of had to mix match. And thank God we're making we 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 are, you know, four and two. And you know, we 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 won a game at Oklahoma with Jalen Pickle and Drew as are starting these tackles. And really, it was a third and maybe a fourth. That you know, it's crazy. It's been a crazy year.
1: Yeah, it has. Uh, Drew Wiley's a remarkable story. I mean, he has. Really emerged. Yeah. How different is he this year than he has been in the past?
2: Well, Drew Wiley has never been a starter here. Mm. And uh, here he is in his fourth year in the program. And, you know, he's kind of a great example for younger players. All they have to look is, is look at his at his journey here in the program. I'm sure he spent the first couple of years as, as a walk-on. I mean, not a walk-on, but he's a scout team player, grinding every day. Last year, I think the most snaps he had in the game was maybe 20, you know, so he ended up, and, you know, he was he was our fourth D tackle heading into the season last year, and he ended up being our third guy in the rotation with Trey DeJean uh, and Jordan Mitty, you know, along with uh, uh, Joe Davies. So... So here's a guy who's never started and his determination since the end of last season till now has been amazing. And I think he's in better shape. He's more explosive. Uh, He's, he's doing a lot of cool things right now.
1: Really is. He played extremely well at West Virginia and that list was short of the guys that, you know, kind of stood out at West Virginia, but he certainly did.
2: Yeah. There's no question about that. You know, the, the, but that's who he is, you know. Drew Wiley has a high standard. And uh and, and and I love him, you know, because of what he brings to the table not only as a player, but as a great example for our younger players. And uh, you know, he's a coach's dream, really, you know, in, in every possible way, you know, especially in our position. And I tell our guys all the time, I says we're the heart and soul of our defense. If there's no D tackles, we don't have a defense. I promise you that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and they have they have held their own. They've been actually very good this year. You should be very proud of your room because uh, uh, I thought this would be a weak spot on the team this year, and boy, they've taken business and and taken control of it. It's been impressive.
2: No, they they're, 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 they're wonderful to coach to begin with, and they're great great young men. And uh, and uh, no, no, they. You know, the thing of it is, you know, again, back to Drew. You know, it starts with him. You know, he came. You know, his his leadership and uh, and his example. You know, he just grinds every day. I mean, the way he practices, it should be a great example for all of our players. The way he works, his toughness. You know, the work. The, I mean, the work ethic. You know, his attentiveness. You know, and the thing of it is, you know, one of the I, I would say, and I bet Drew will tell you the same thing that his understanding of the game has probably grown quite a bit since the end of last year. And he starts to understand things, you know, he and I spent some time in the off season together, just watching tape of him and things that he could get corrected. And to his credit, he's taken the coaching and made them right, you know, and made those things right. And, uh, you know, it's funny when when I pointed him out, he goes, "Wow, that was really silly. That was stupid." Or you know, I I could have done it this way, and so on, and so forth. And uh, he is he is having a wonderful year, and uh, and uh, I'm hoping play and playing that it'll continue, and it should because of who he is.
1: Yeah, what's that say about him? I mean, in a pandemic year where he doesn't have spring football and off season conditioning, and you know, it's great for those receivers and running backs that can get out there and run around and. You know, yeah. do their thing, but for a lineman of his type to come in in better shape says an awful lot about how hard he worked.
2: Well, I tell you, you know, you know, someone said that uh, uh character is defined as what you're doing when no one's looking, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and Drew Wildly is is that he came back in shape. Well, he lost weight during the shutdown, and he was and his body was in great shape. He was. He was uh, really he was looking great and moving great. And, you know, I think it, it, it was uh, some of it, quite honestly, Tim, it was just him deciding that, you know what, I'm going into my senior year. I have not been a starter. I played uh, spot duty here and there. I think it's my turn and it's my time, and he has taken full advantage of it.
1: You know, if I make a list of uh, the seniors that I think would – Really deserve another year from you know this bonus season. He's right near the top of the list.
2: Oh gosh, I mean, I pray every day <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that would, that would be the best Christmas gift ever.
1: <laughs> Your room isn't real deep right now. You've stayed healthy somehow for the most part.
2: Yeah, that, that's okay. You know, I mean, you know, just the, Drew's leadership alone would be wonderful to have back, so our guys can. You know, he's just a wonderful example, you know, but you're right. You know, we're not, you know, and uh, we got some guys in the program that are really developing and, uh, you know, it's been a tough year, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, unusual year, you know, Uh, guys transferring out, you know, I can't do anything about that. Uh, You know, but it'll, the right things will happen. The right people being placed, you know, we're going to continue to move forward and develop our program. And, um, you know, I've worked for a lot of people, Tim, and uh, Coach Climate is as good as I've ever worked for. And, uh, you know, I've, whatever. Coach in the in Pac-12 for many, many years and worked for some really, some people that you were you know, instantly recognized. Mm-hmm. but I, I'm grateful to be here and uh, and working for Coach Climate for sure.
1: You keep creeping uh, further and further east.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know it. Oh. I tell you. I you know I miss the ocean and the seafood. My wife is in heaven because she's from Minnesota, so she's uh, yeah you know. And I, I just have a great affinity for uh, Midwestern folks. You know, it's I, I tell people all the time. I says I was born in a small little village in American Samoa, smaller than the small town that you're from. <laughs> so I get
1: it. Yeah, uh, going back to that Oklahoma game, you brought it up, Jalen Pickle. When I saw him and among others on the defense were starting, yes. I'm like, oh, boy. You know, just what a yeah. what a yes. place to get thrown in. And, my God, he stepped up. It was really impressive.
2: He made a wonderful play there. The first series, he batted a ball that uh, Elijah Cummings, you know, uh mean, uh, Sullivan uh, picked off, you know. But you, you take that instance right there. I mean, we had lost a tough one the week before. And then to go on the road, I mean, not – I don't even think God was giving us a chance, to be honest. And so to put him in that situation, you know, but even more so than that is to see the growth and the confidence that he's, you know, the confidence, to see him come out of his shell, if you will, uh, and to see the confidence brewing in him. And I tell him every day, I mean, just the way he practices is different. Just the way he works is different. His swag, the way he plays is different. And uh, you know, and I, I just have a lot of appreciation for Jalen Pickle right now. I, I, he's a young man. When I got here a year ago, or a year and a half ago, I I don't think he knew that he didn't know. (laughs) I, I mean, I don't think he just was like, "I'm in, I'm here, I'm not sure what to do, where I'm going." And so it was day to day, every day, and for him. Uh, to to do the things that he's been able to do so far this year has done nothing, but I'm, I'm happy for him. I'm so proud of him. I'm happy for him and the confidence that he's gained from playing, from playing and not only playing, but making plays and contributing to our team has been, it's fun. I mean, that's, that's a great joy as a coach to see a young man um, have success and, uh, and to see that, you know what, wait a minute, I can achieve some of the things that, you know, (laughs) so it's been great.
1: Coach Kleiman, um, you were kind of an outlier in the fact that he didn't know you. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, you interviewed for a job at, I think at a convention, at least you talked to him and, and, uh, it's gotta be a little bit scary when you've, built a network of people to kind of step out mm-hmm. of that network and go to a place where you haven't been in a conference that you haven't been. And, right. And, uh, coach, it's worked out pretty well.
2: Well, I tell you, when I got a chance uh, to visit with, uh, coach climate and coach mustingham in San Antonio, I just, I knew, I just, you know, how you meet people and you just feel like, man, this feels yeah. right. This feels different. And, uh, I, I remember telling my wife that after I got a chance to visit with him, you know, and, and, and I think, you know, coach Klein, Kleinman also talks about that. He wants to surround himself with people that number one, their families are important to them. Uh, you know, people of faith or things that are important to him and, uh, and then, you know, people that are going to truly, truly care about their, their, their players and develop them and love them. You know, and and, and uh, I, I, I guess I've changed as a coach as the years have gone on because when I, when I started, we started having our children, it's like, I try to coach from that view as a parent. And so when a young man comes into our program, I put my arms around him and I says, look, I know you may be scared you're a long ways from home or whatever the case may be, but I'm here to love you and coach you. And I, and I want you to know that if you were my son, I would want someone like me around you to take care of you, to look after you and so on and so forth. So, you know, my and I think maybe coach climate saw that I was not ever, you know, at this point in my career, what's most important to me is be with good people. And that's where and, I, and I'm and i so blessed to be able to be with
1: Coach Clement and the staff. Well, you have coached at some really cool places. I mean, you've done the tour of the, the Pac-12, USC, UCLA, Arizona, yep. now Colorado, and now Utah, Utah before yep. they were in there. Yep. And you were with Urban Meyer. Um, that was, I was. That was kind of cool. I mean, uh, what was he like to – young Urban Meyer, what was he like?
2: <laughs> well, Urban was, you know – it doesn't it does not surprise me the success that urban has had because he's very demanding not only of his coaches but also his players but you know i mean it's in so many ways he's, he's, he's kind of like coach climbing in that you know there's an old saying that goes uh, people really don't care how much you know until they know how much you care and, 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 you know, Urban and I talked about that when I was with him. And those are things that stick out. And those are things that stick out with Coach Kleiman. Uh, but, you know, he's, uh, you know, obviously a great coach, a great manager of people. Uh, obviously, kids play for him. And so that was a wonderful year, you know, when uh, we were together there. Uh, and then the opportunity to go and coach in the Pac 12. And I grew up in the Pac 12. Uh, Growing up in Los Angeles. So, you know, I, I didn't know if I was ever going to have an opportunity to do that. And I don't know if Urban has ever forgiven me for leaving <laughs> to go to the Pac 12. But no, so be it. No, it's been a great journey.
1: You know, young Urban Meyer came to Manhattan to learn offense, the Bill Snyder offense. And the reason I, I remember that so clearly was he had just gotten a Utah job and uh-huh. um, Bobby Yellett. Elliot, the defensive coordinator at Kansas State, was also a yep. finalist for that job, and yep. you know he was a veteran coach, and he was like, "I just lost out to this young guy, up and coming." And, yeah, you know, uh, rest in peace, Coach Elliot. But I think Utah got it right. You know, I think they they well, saw the, you know, the star.
2: It wasn't just Urban, you know, because one of the uh, one of the great uh, people that I've been around in in the business is. Kyle Whittingham, who's now been the head coach for it. So Kyle was our defensive coordinator, and I really learned and grew a lot. And even in just my one year with Kyle Whittingham, and then to be able to go from there to uh, Arizona with Mike Stoops for seven years, those are valuable years for me personally in my growth as a coach. You know, and those guys really, I you know, yeah, I'm wonderful. Forever grateful to Urban. But I'm 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 uh very grateful for Kyle Whittingham and obviously Mike Stoops.
1: How fun was that staff at Arizona? That was a cool question.
2: Oh gosh, there was a lot of case staters on that staff now. You know, Eric Wolford, Eric Harper, there was uh, <laughs> Michael Smith, Dana Dimmo, we were all over there. Uh, There was a lot of K-Staters on that staff, and I learned a lot about K-State.
1: You 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 know, Travis
2: Oaks was with us. You know, Travis Oaks was with us there uh, early on.
1: Let's take a quick break right now on the Powercat Sources podcast. We'll be back on the other side with more of Kansas State's defensive tackles coach, Mike
0: Tuyasasopo. The Powercat podcast will be right back. We now send it back to the PowerCat podcast.
1: And now we continue our discussion on the Sources podcast with Mike Tuyasisopo. Let's back up. How did you end up at Pacific Lutheran?
2: That's a good question. You know, uh, I grew up in a football family. You know, in my family, there's whatever. We've had All-Americans. We've had first rounders. We've had, you know, whatever, uh, Heisman finalists and so on and so forth you know and i was kind of the black sheep of my family to be honest with you i just really was kind of a lost soul (laughs) coming out of high school but growing up i knew i could play and uh so i kind of had to put the pieces back together and uh met a friend on hawaii who had a brother that played at pacific lutheran um and anyway, long story short, I, you know, I had to apply and it didn't accept me at first, but I knew I wanted to play football, partly because I never wanted to live down the fact that I, it was a two-year-old simple male that could play the game and love the game that why didn't you ever play football? <laughs> so I went there and, you know, ironically, I played for uh, Shane and Clyde's grandfather uh Frosty Westering, and we did not lose many games in my career there and had a wonderful experience. met my wife there at PLU, and uh, you know it was it was not Power five, it was not FCS, it was not even division three. We back then we were NIA Division two, and we played for uh, three national championships when I was there and won one and tied another. But my point is, you know, in my eyes, it was the big time, playing at PLU and playing for a wonderful coach like Frosty. It really taught me a lot, and it really helped me to grow. And uh, to this day, some of those valuable lessons I learned from Frosty are, are lessons. Hey, you know, I got this picture up here in the corner of my office. So, yes, man, you know. it. That's Frosty right up there in the corner of my office.
1: It's a small but world, isn't it?
2: That's grandfather, man. That's
1: crazy. That's a small yeah. world.
2: It is. It is.
1: Um, when did you know you wanted to get into coaching?
2: Well, I was always competitive growing up. You know, I think about that, and I'm, I appreciate the question. But I was one of these kids that would just love to follow the box scores. You know, I wanted to know who were the leading rushers in the NFL. You know, I'd read the newspaper or who the leading RBI people were. In, in You know, back then it was just baseball. There was none of you know, nobody, whatever. You know, you had to go home and get a paper and actually read the paper. And I just loved it. I loved sports. I love being around it. But when I got to play and I got to be around Coach Westering and so on, so forth in college, you know, I just got this bug. You know, so competitive, and I would just, you know, when I played, I was just trying to find little details that can help me make a play. And and I just had, you know, I I just had a great passion for it. I just, you know, it it I. I was the black sheep of my family. All my brothers and my cousins, it feel like they were all playing in the NFL, playing major college football all over the place. And I was the one that played Division Three f- football, and I'm the only one in coaching. And everybody else has uh, kind of done their own thing and had great success in their own lives, and, and I'm the one that stayed in coaching and stuck it up, you know. So, no, but I, I just – I just I love the game and I and I actually and I really, really enjoy working with young people. And the joy of coaching to me is seeing a kid like Jalen Pickle, to see the smile in his face. You know, his his whole demeanor's changed from even a year ago. The way he plays, the way he carries himself. I could just see how the way he walks with confidence, just because oh my God, we beat the number three team on the road and he was a starting defensive tackle. <laughs> you know it's pretty cool how cool is that yep uh, so.
1: d- you mentioned you, a couple times now you you were the black sheep of your family what does does your family name carry a little bit of pressure i mean there's a lot of tradition with that but name no
2: no yeah i mean we got a very close family you know it's just one two of us is one family uh you know, and, and I don't know. I mean, just, many of the males in our family played ball, and uh, we have a lot of obviously successful females in our family as well. No, I, I wouldn't say pressure. You know, it was just uh, more of a challenge. Like, I remember when uh, my cousin Manu was drafted by the Seahawks, you know, first round out of UCLA, and he had been a three-time All-American in UCLA. You know, it was like, you know, in, in our family it was like, okay, all right. All American, whatever. All right, first round, whatever. Not being all pro, you know what I'm saying? You know, so those are fun times growing up and and, and seeing the success that uh, they were having. My brother Navy played for the Rams, and uh, my brother Titus played at SC, and uh, so on and so forth. But no, it was it was really, hey, I'm proud of you, but let's see how far that can go. You know, mm-hmm. you know, max out. You know. It, it, even our nephew that played quarterback in Washington was drafted by the Raiders. You know, just, hey, carry the name with pride and see how far it'll take, you, you know. But football has always been a vehicle for my family. I mean, most of my family wouldn't even be educated with it if it wasn't for football. That's true. So we've been yeah. blessed that way.
1: What has football meant for the Polynesian culture and how it's helped really integrate into the – Into the culture. Well, it's crazy,
2: Tim. I I don't know how much you know, but I I don't even know the numbers. But for a small little island and the number of Samoan players that have made it to the NFL from that little island is kind of ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Like, they have the highest percentage to play in the NFL if you're a little boy born in American Samoa. It is crazy. I I mean, you know. I bet if you did some research and I, you know, I, I've read the numbers, but I can't remember them, but it's crazy. You know, it's just, uh, I think some of it comes from, because rugby is a big game in our culture. We love rugby, the ruggedness of it, the, you know, the athleticism of it. We, I mean, you got to run and tackle, you know, they don't wear any pads. You know, there's, you got to be a tough dude to play rugby, you know. Um, you know, but it's, American Samoa is a a U.S. territory, Mm -hmm. right? And so not only are football players, uh, the numbers are high coming from that little island, but the the number of uh, enlisted people in the military are the highest in the entire country per capita from American Samoa. So it's like, okay, the United States has made American Samoa territory and we've taken full advantage of the opportunities that America has provided. We, we were all, my, my brothers, sisters, and I were all born in American Samoa. We moved here when I was a young man, you know, because this is still is the land of opportunity. And so not just for me, but all the Polynesians have kind of followed the same course and, uh, grateful for football <laughs> football has been a vehicle not only for education, but for, you know, an improved life, yeah. uh, you know, along with the military, many of our families are in the military, but so anyway, no football, we, we just, I, I think it's just our, our love for contact, our love for physicalness, you know, we're kind of nimble on our feet for big people, I guess, you know, and, uh, and uh, so, anyway,
1: that's. It sounds like I, I mean, so many great linemen have come off that Highland. It's just amazing, it, and is yeah. it just how am I want to say this? Uh, just something that is just rooted deeply in the culture that has now led to football because of the way, you know, it's <laughs> such a. It's, I don't even know what I'm trying to yeah, say. It's, here. it's such a cool culture. It's
2: interesting. It's interesting to me say that, and then you have two automobile by law. Mm-hmm. you know, started. And then you have DJ Uyunglele that started at Clemson this last weekend. And then you have Tua's brother, Talia, that had a great night the other night at Reno you know, for Maryland. You know, my nephew Marcus, two years so was a great quarterback. You know, so all those guys are skilled people that can throw the rock, you know. Amazing. But, no, I, I I don't know how to answer that to other than we just, the game, we've just grown to love the game, you know, mm-hmm. every part of it. The physicalness, the, you know, the metal part of it, I, I guess, you know, and, you know, just, you know, there's no, you know, it's, it, it, it's I, I don't even know how to say it other than it's an aggressive, we have an aggressive culture. Mm-hmm. We love aggressiveness and uh, the opportunity to display it or, you know, put it on, you know, on, on whatever on the field is kind of. Welcome. To be honest yeah. with you. <laughs> what what you does know? your
1: Polynesian heritage, Samoan heritage, mean to you? Everything. Yeah.
2: You know because our culture is about family, and I always say this. You know, and I, it, and maybe that's one of the reasons why I coach is because, you know, in football we preach family. You know, and I'm a, I'm from a big family, and I've always known how to maneuver and find my way in my family, in a family, you know? And so it was always a natural fit, you know, but my culture is everything, you know, uh, uh, just it's family, it's respect, it's it's respect, it's humility, you know, uh, those are things that come to mind, you know, and uh, you know, you just, you know, if someone asks me about my culture, those are the things that come to mind immediately. I, I, it's family, closeness of the family, loyalty to the family. It's humility, and then it's respect for the culture and respect for people. And, uh, and And those are things that I carry with great pride.
1: I don't mean to be corny, but that sounds a lot like what Kansas State football has been built on.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> – exactly. Exactly. You know, I've mm-hmm. I've been in a family. I know what it's like. I know what my family is like. I know what my culture is like. And you know, and maybe Chris saw that. You maybe didn't. You know, but I know this. You know, I'm a loyal person, and I'm a respectful person. And I, you know, and I think about parents and their kids. And that's one of like, man, I'm going to take care of your kid because I, you know, I'm going to care for your kid. If your kid is going away to college, I want you to know that your kid is going to be okay with me. I will look after them, you know, that that's what I wish for my son. <laughs> I want my son to go somewhere or my daughter to go somewhere. I want to know that someone's going to be on the other side to take care of them.
1: Well, what is your sales pitch to try to get uh, Polynesian players to come to Kansas when they have West coast options, warm weather options, um, but to get them to come out here into the Big 12, what how, What do you tell
2: Well, yeah, you sell the Big 12, you sell our success, you sell our staff, you know. And honestly, I look, I'm going to cut it off. <laughs> I'm going to put a stop sign right in front of you until unless you can answer these questions. You better stop and think. Cause sometimes those people out West think that Kansas is somewhere near Iraq, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm like, good God guys. I mean, you think that you think Manhattan, Kansas is like in the middle East somewhere. <laughs> no. Yeah. You know, right? So it, it's crazy how misguided some people are anyway. No, it's just an opportunity to play high level ball and to be uh to play for a great staff, to be very honest with you. I don't know. I mean, if they don't see themselves in Kansas, then the conversation is over. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I'm not going to go chasing the kid who doesn't want to be here. You know, that's a waste of time. You know, he has to. And on top of that, he, you know, you know, we're, we're kind of built on, hey, you got to love football. And you got to love to do things right. You know, and so... Those are first and foremost, and if you can't do that, then the conference. You know, you know. I, I, I yeah, I get, I get uh, requests all the time. Kids want to reach out to me, and, uh, and, uh, you know, and I ask them. There's a lot of great players, you know, and I'm, you know, I don't want to spin my wheels, and then it comes down to the wire, and I'm like, oh, I don't know. It seems like a little too far, you know we always try to find the right people, and the right people will be here.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Lesson to be learned from that first game of the season and how you bounced back with against Oklahoma to what happened with West Virginia and your upcoming opportunity with Oklahoma State. Is that kind the it kind of
2: connection? Yeah. The, the connection there is, look, man, regroup. You know, think about the things that we did good enough to win as a group, all right? and we all need to challenge ourselves to give a little more, whatever that is. Maybe it's a little, just a little bit more to, to force a bad throw, you know, a little bit more to maybe make that tackle or that play. That's kind of where we are right now. You know, our guys uh, in the rigors of the season, uh, you know, it really becomes more and more a mental game, continuing to polish our craft, in our game and get ready to play, but no, I'm. I think our guys get it. You know, we weren't at our best, and uh, on Saturday. But I know that we need to obviously regroup and make sure that, you know, the past is the past. We need to get on with Oklahoma State.
1: Well, I'm glad you're here. I'm. I'm hopeful that you want to I stay appreciate. in Manhattan for a while.
2: Oh, I love it here.
1: Yeah, <laughs> uh, including the winter. You enjoy that, huh?
2: Oh, uh, you know what. Yeah. But, but you know what? I've been look, I've been to Minnesota winners. <laughs> this this is okay. This no, is That's no, true. Trust me. In, in comparison. I, yes, I I have been I've been to Minnesota Winters. This is not cool.
1: <laughs> hey, I grew up in Kansas. I want nothing to do with a Minnesota winner. Not one thing. I don't no. want to live farther north than this. This is it.
2: No, I know and I uh you know her my, my wife's family originates from north dakota <laughs> you know and i think i when i told coach climate that he kind of chuckled <laughs> i'm like what you got to be kidding me yeah. i said no she was born in uh grand grand forks i think it was she was born in grand and i i listen i've been to north dakota in the summers and you will never find me there in the winter ever I am never going to be that state in the winter. Amen. Amen. (laughs) I
1: appreciate you, man. Thanks, Coach. I appreciate it so much. Yeah. Man, he's a good dude, isn't he? He's he's a really kind guy. I just enjoy talking to him. You know, he's not a man of many words. Honestly, I was worried about getting 30 minutes out of him, and we could have gone on for a little bit longer if he had had time. But practice is over. Uh, They're pushing the envelope this week because – They have let the players go on Tuesday, so they moved the schedule up. Practice on Sunday, and Monday's practice was essentially Tuesday's practice, and the players are off on Tuesday to vote, and it's a big game on Saturday against Oklahoma State. Keep an eye on those defensive tackles. They're going to play a big role in if Kansas State can compete with Oklahoma State because maintaining that run game, containing the quarterback, and not requiring the Kansas State defense to commit more and more sources to stop the run is so important because Oklahoma State can beat you through the year. We'll see if K-State can bounce back against the Cowboys as they did following the lost Arkansas State and bounce back by beating Oklahoma. It's a tall task, but every week's a different game, a different preparation, and this week it's Kansas State and Oklahoma State. Thank you, Mike, to Sopo. It was a great discussion and we'll talk to you next week on the Powercat Sources podcast when we will have another coach. Maybe we'll have a staff member next week for the off week. We will see what the future brings. And remember, make sure you're subscribing to the PowerCat podcast at gopowercat.com. You can hit it up on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. I hope you're listening to podcasts because it's a great source of information, and sometimes it's good to turn off that TV and just listen. I'm Fitz, and I'll talk to you soon.
0: PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.